Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey into Oratory. Please follow or subscribe, like and comment on this podcast or video, as I am your grateful host, Dan Riley. Barry Schwartz's book, The Paradox of Choice, begins with him going to the local Gap store to buy a pair of jeans. He tells the sales clerk, I want a pair of jeans, 32 waist, 28 length. You want them slim fit, easy fit, relaxed fit, baggy, or extra baggy, she replied. She went on, do you want them stone-washed, acid-washed, or distressed? Do you want them button-fly or zipper-fly? Do you want them faded or regular? (laughs) By this time, Schwartz was dizzy. He said something to the effect, honey, I'm not sure what I want. I just want a pair of jeans, just regular old jeans. Now, Now it was the clerk's time to get dizzy. She had to go get her supervisor to find out what was meant by a regular pair of jeans. I don't recall if Barry ever bought his jeans that day or not. Just a few months ago, I was at a Barnes & Noble with six books in my hands on the way to check out to the register when I said to myself, this is nuts. You have at least 20 books at home that you haven't even opened. I set all the books down on the nearest display and left the store. After being in that store for two hours, I didn't even buy one book. Swartz's thesis was right. More is less. There was just too many books, book choices for me. I was paralyzed. For one to effectively navigate the world of today, they need extreme focus and discipline. In just a single day, almost one million hours of YouTube videos are uploaded. To give this some perspective, it would take a person 82 years to watch the amount of videos that are uploaded to YouTube in just one hour. Amazon carries over 33 million books. In the United States today, there are over 1,700 commercial television stations. When I was a kid, we had just five. And we kids were the remote controls. Check back on Channel 11 to see if Lawrence Welk is on yet. Today, there are now almost 1,600 commercial radio stations nationwide, double what we had in 1970. And that doesn't include the hundreds of satellite stations. Einstein was right when he said, God doesn't play dice with the universe. Had my formative years coincided with this explosion of information and technology, I'd be that proverbial deer in the headlights. My nervous system would be short-circuited day after day after day. Or one might have found me cloistered in a cave playing Call of Duty or watching Squid Game all day long as life slipped past me. So it was fitting that I crossed the threshold into this life when I did. There were only a few local radio stations available. We had KHJ with Robert W. Morgan in the morning. The real Don Steele playing rock and roll in the afternoons. Once I graduated to talk radio, there were only a few options. I was partial to Don Imus. Imus in the morning one of the most irreverent polemics there ever was. I listened to talk radio for only a few years, and I mostly skipped the 8-track era. But when radio cassettes came into being, I was hooked. Radio music and talk shows gave way to the educational audio programs and books on tape. Mr. Earl Nightingale was the man who pioneered educational audio cassettes, and with his partner, Lloyd Conant, had the only significant company of its kind. 
Then, of course, the digital revolution came, duplicating many of their products and changing the retail landscape forever. Nonetheless, over time, Mr. Nightingale would become a key figure in my life. After being initially exposed to him through his tapes and after reading his books, I discovered he had a whole body of work from earlier in his life. In the late 50s, he was the first ever to receive the coveted Golden Record Award, selling over one million copies of his spoken word record, The Strangest Secret. He also produced over 7,000 five-minute radio episodes of his program, Our Changing World. These were syndicated all over the planet. In an interview, I remember Nightingale recounting a time when he was on a train in Johannesburg, South Africa, when over the train's public address system, he listened to an episode of his own program. For a long, long time, listening to a few episodes of Nightingale's program was part of my daily life. These were right up my alley, short, philosophical, with real-life application. But they also had a timeless wisdom about them. Hell, they were written and originally broadcast decades before I listened to them, some even before I was born. Yet I found most were still relevant to the world I lived in, and I suggest the world we live in today. Which finally brings me to the main point of this podcast. Every now and then I still shuffle a playlist composed of Earl's radio broadcasts. I listened to one just the other day, that stirred my imagination. It was titled, Three Gifts to a Newborn Child. In this episode, Nightingale tells of a time he was sitting for an interview and was taken off guard by this question by the interviewer. If you could grant three qualities to a newborn child, what would they be? He admitted to being a little confused, but immediately focused on his own three children. He offered this answer. Number one, a consuming curiosity about everything, a love of knowledge. Number two, he would grant the child a profound love for the earth and everything that lives upon it. And third, he would grant the child the gift of communication so as to share with the world everything they learned during their lifetime. Nightingale's answers were fine, but given our changing world, the world I explained at the beginning of this podcast, I'd answer the question differently. The first thing I would do is grant the child the realization that they came to this dimension for a reason, a purpose, a mission. You choose the word, something only they could do. Given their unique genetic profile, interests, inclinations, skills, and talents, there are indeed that they are indeed new to nature, and of, of the over seven billion people on the planet, no one, not one other person, is exactly like them. Maybe I put a plaque above their bed, a little poem by Rabindranath Tagore: "I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I woke and found life was duty. I acted, and behold, duty was joy." The second would be to grant her the understanding of the miracle of time. It will be her most precious of possessions. She ought not spend it all with technology. Nobody can take time from her. It cannot be stolen. The aristocrats, geniuses, prophets, or the sages can't confer to her one additional moment. 
nor can they take one from her. Even if she were to spend a half a lifetime wasting this commodity, future supply cannot be withheld from her. Time cannot be put into debt, because she can't draw it from the future. She can only waste the passing moment. There is no way to waste the next hour or the next day. It is withheld from us. I'd remind her she gets 24 hours a day. Out of it, it's up to her to manufacture health, purpose, pleasure, content, beauty, wisdom, respect, and the evolution of her own soul. And third, I'd grant him the courage to never surrender to psychological fear. Oh, it's okay to fear the lions and tigers and bears, but don't fall prey to the evening news. Don't let them scare you to death. The world isn't nearly as evil as they would have him believe. Oh, sure, all good will be attacked. Every garden gets invaded. But we can't let the weeds take the garden. All we need to do is add some good seed to the soil. Then comes the sunshine and rain. And after a bit of weeding, the garden stands resplendent once again. I'd tell him to turn off that damn news. I'd inform him the world may very well be full of trickery, but not let that blind him to all the virtue there is. There are so many great and decent people. The world is chock full of selflessness and heroism. Well, there you have it. Those are my three. I'd love to hear yours. For my part, that's all there is today. Please follow if you're listening or subscribe if you're watching. And be sure to like and comment. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, come on, folks. Sail away from the sea. Catch the train.